Hey friends, it's Danielle. A few reminders before we get going. I currently do not advertise on my podcast, but every once in a while I will pop in to tell you about stuff I'm making, creating, offering some really fun, deep, cool things coming up. I record this in my living room. Today it's a rainy day, I'm sitting by the fire, but being in my living room and not a sound booth means that you might hear the sounds of my East Vancouver neighborhood. I think that's about it. That's all you need to know. Today, we're going to go with the flow. All right, so let's get ourselves into a state of availability. Eyes open, eyes closed. Take a deep breath with your focus being on your heart, your heart center, your heart chakra. So you are very clear that you are fully breathing into your lungs. You're inhaling through your nose and exhaling through your nose. All attention on your heart center. And to really amp up and vivify that focus, we're going to bring some colors into your heart. So with a deep breath, you begin to see some light pink in your heart center. It's undulating, it's moving, it's very dynamic, it's swirling, swirls of light pink. And that light pink then begins to blend with some white, thin ribbons of translucent, milky white intermingling in your heart with the pinks. And then we add a third and last color vibration, shimmering gold. So the pinks, the whites, the golds, undulating, intermingling, swirling in your heart center. You're breathing deeply, more deeply than usual into your lungs, into your heart center. The pinks, the whites, the shimmering golds might feel achy, expansive, nourishing. I'm going to give you some words to resonate with in the center of your vibrating heart. You continue to breathe just a little more deeply than you normally would. Love, radiance, beauty, wisdom, truth, joy, balance, harmony, gentle, inclusive, compassion, presence. Take a few more breaths. Be aware of that vibrating sensation experience in your heart center. Gently open your eyes. If your eyes were closed, you're back here. That, my friends, is the flow. All right, so let's put some more words to this. Let's flesh out the concept of flow. This is a conversation for creatives. And guess what? Everyone is a creative. You are making something all the time with intention or without intention. I'm going to talk about that magic 
intersection where flow meets intention. So let's start with what's the flow? All right, the flow, the flow is everything. The flow is the true reality. The flow is love. It is prana. It is life force. It's the stuff, the substance of the morphogenic field. It is energy pulsating. It is the flow is the feminine principle. It is ever generating. It is constantly, has been since the beginning, will always be eternally creating. In terms of the flow, there is always more where that came from. So when we say things like, we're going to go with the flow, we're going to tap into the flow, what we're really declaring, what we're intending is that we are going to become aware of, step into, realize, be a stand for becoming one with the creative principle. Hmm? It's a pretty big deal. It's the best deal. When you're going with the flow, you are collaborating with life. You're allowing for all the healing that is available and always being offered to you to be assimilated into your being. You're plugging in to the great idea generator. You're taking your cues from the infinite. You're really doing all that you need to quote unquote do, which is be receptive to the true reality of creation. Going with the flow is the ultimate yes to life. You'd think it'd be a lot easier <laughs> to go with the flow. Yeah, but so many of us, so much of the time, are making choices that are in resistance to uh, the flow, that are in favor of the great lie of unworthiness, of separation, of smallness. The flow dissolves all those illusions when you allow yourself to be in it. The flow is love. Going with the flow is responsive. It's not passive. So going with the flow is not about new age chillaxin. It's not about being a bystander. It's got nothing to do with irresponsibility and letting life take over for you. Going with the flow is about alert relaxation. You're relaxed. You're flexible. And you're paying very close attention. This is wide awake trust when you are in the flow. It's what Wayne Gretzky, the great Buddhist, said, you follow the puck. It's what anybody, anybody who's tangoed, yeah, that is one of the ultimate experiences of flow being embodied. In most cases, the feminine partner, whoever's in that role, the receptive role, is following the direction of the masculine. And both need to be, again, this isn't gender specific, but both need to be alert and relaxed. But the feminine partner is allowing for this kind of melting capacity to be specifically directed. That's flow. You're constantly responding to the cues, subtle, ideally subtle, 
that life is giving you. And the more awake and alert you are with respect to the cues that are showing up, the more subtle those cues have to be. You don't need to be, you don't need those two by four lessons. You don't need the impact. You don't need the illness. You don't need the car accident. You don't need to lose your wallet. You just need to sense what's happening in someone's handshake. You just need to tune into the dynamic that's riding on the wave of your own words, intermingling with someone else's words. You just see what's happening with why you're late. That's a cue. That's subtle, right? That's flow. That still, small, quiet voice is the tone of flow, of love, of life, of creation speaking to you. He, she, they rarely yell. Life doesn't want to yell at you to get your attention. Life is constantly helping you to attune to the subtleties, to frequency, energy, vibration. Doesn't yell. Dances. Flows. In order to flow, you have to tap into stillness. So this is what I call the stillness sandwich. We're still at the beginning of something. And then we rock and roll, and then we conclude, we end with stillness. Still in the beginning, rock and roll, still in the end. We begin something with reflection and quiet and contemplation so that we can hear ourselves think, so that we can tune into our feelings, so that we can access our memories, we can get some stuff. We have perspective about what's really going on in our interior. We make a decision about What of that stuff within needs to be put on the shelf, put in the back seat because it's fear, like, hello, fear, I hear you, get in the back seat. I'm going to put enthusiasm in my front seat to drive now. Oh, this is how I feel. This is how I can respond to that fear, that anxiety with compassion, with love, with faith. Oh, wow, that's excitement. That's the feeling of glory and arriving. Got it. That's what happens when you just stop and reflect. Great. So all of that is energy and information for moving forward. Then you make a decision to kick it into gear. You can go crush it. You can rock it. You can check off everything on your to-do list and your show up to life list that day. Then at the end, tap back into The stillness, that's the cousin of flow. Why do you do that? So that you can harvest your wisdom. How was I? How did I show up? What did I feel? What did I experience? That's how you get stronger. That's how you build wisdom. Stillness sandwich has to happen to tap the flow. Everybody has a signature flow. Okay, question for you. Johnny Cash. How many albums do you think that Johnny Cash recorded in his career? A lot. 96. (laughs) Johnny Cash just kept making, he kept cranking it out. Okay. Led Zeppelin. How many albums do you think Zeppelin recorded? Only nine. Nine complex, laborious, worth the wait albums. They made fewer things more slowly selling it wider over time. So both Johnny Cash, Led Zeppelin, icons. 
both had very unique ways of making and delivering things. So your flow, you might be a cash. I'm a cash. You might be a Zeppelin. You can be soulful and profitable. You can go for exclusivity. You can go for the masses. Deeper, wide. Your flow is your flow. I used to give myself some flack about my style of flow because I just want to make and make and make and I want to get on to the next thing and I want to burn everything I ever made before 10 p.m. last night. But that's my style of flow. That's my signature flow. And if I'm rooted into my sense of purpose and meaning and why I'm making what I'm making, then that flow carries me in a healthy way. If I get caught up in ego or a single bottom line instead of a triple bottom line, triple bottom line being I consider the money of things, I consider society, and I consider the environmental impact. So finance, humans, Mother Earth. If I get overly focused on one of those, I get out of my flow. So yeah, your flow is your flow. Now here's the next thing about flow. Flow loves a container. So what's a flow without direction? A flow without direction is just a flood. You have to harness the flow to get that momentum. The feminine, I just want to talk about this in terms of the divine feminine principle and the divine masculine principle. The feminine loves to be held. She, we, loves direction and guidance. It's like, I, as a feminine-oriented creature, want, crave direction. As much as I've resisted it in the past, out of my own, you know, sort of immature, rebellious streak, <laughs> don't fence me in, I don't want time management systems, I, why do I have to commit? Let's just, let's just, let's do something non-committal. I'll only do six episodes of this. It can have a beginning, it can have an end. Let's, listen, really what I love is, just point me in the direction of where we're going so that I can unleash, so that I can give it my all. Are we going north, south, east, or west? Great. How many do, how many, when we going, what date, what's my due date? How many people are going to be there? Who's showing up? What, what exactly, who's in the audience? What is it that you need right now? All right. That's my North Star and go. I've had to learn to find healthy containers to support my flow. So here's what I do now in terms of direction and containment. It took me 20 years, and it's only happened recently, to realize that I'm actually very easily distracted. I was in such denial about this before because I just making, 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 making. And I would always say, you know, I could write a novel in the middle of a war zone if I needed to. That's true. If the, <laughs> if the focus was get this book finished by this date, I would do it because that due date was a container. I loved that direction. I love that pressure. But at the same time, I was so resistant to being fenced in in any way that I wasn't into time management systems at all. Any kind of project management system Good fucking luck getting me to deliver something on time or to pay attention. Really, I know it caused a lot of grief for my team because 
I was just overly in my flow. I just like, oh, this is what I feel moved to make this day. And I had this idea about this. And oh, and I just, oh, did you hear about that? And let me just Google at like 11.30 a.m. Like, how tall was Jesus? Oh, that reminds me about Mary Magdalene. Oh, that reminds me about that new makeup line. You know, it was just like, la-da-da-da-da. Oh, and I want to meditate. I want to pray. And I want to write about what I prayed about. And then I... <laughs> on. Right. This is what I do now. Uh, I work in 40-minute work blocks. So I set my timer on my phone, again, something I would have wholly resisted before. Why 40 minutes? Because 60 minutes is too long, feels too long, feels overly disciplined, and because I can ignore any outside influence for 40 minutes. For 40 minutes, I can resist any text that comes in. I can shut off our group chat that is happening with my team. I can resist all social media. I don't even have to have a snack in 40 minutes. I've tried 40 minutes, 50 minutes, and I've tried an hour. 40 minutes is a sweet spot. Now, the rule I set for myself is that when my 40-minute timer goes off, I have to task switch. So that means I can go check Instagram. I can reply to one email. I can make an appointment with somebody that, you know, it's time sensitive. I can get up, make a pot of tea. I can stretch. I can get on. I can do a couple asanas, something. But I have to task switch. And then I limit that task switch time, like 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm back in my 40-minute block. Now, the beauty, there's a lot of beauty in doing this. One of the aspects I love is that if I do wander off too far in between my 40-minute blocks, it really helps me see what's sucking my time. Like, oh my God, I just spent 20 minutes in the hole called Instagram. Or what? I just went to Pinterest Palooza to look at hot men and chakric diagrams. And where did I? Yeah. And then I get back to my container, which is pointing me towards that which I really want to make on purpose in my life. I also have two types of days in my week. I have what we call batch days, and I have deep work days. So my batch days are Tuesday and Thursday. That's where I'm open to phone calls. That's when I do my interviews. That's when I get through most of the emails that require my response that I want to respond to. By the way, a zero inbox is not a high aspiration to have in your life. If that's what you are aiming for, to have nothing in your email, then your email is still controlling you. So we want to be full enough with our meaning and our purpose that if our inbox is full, we are still really clear about what our priorities, our creative flow priorities are. And it's not unnerving to us that we've got a full inbox. We're not feeling pulled out. We are centered in that which we are making on purpose. So those are my batch days. And those are the days where my team are really clear. These are the days you ask Danielle to get stuff done. <laughs> okay, And then Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are my deep work days. And that's when, that's when I podcast, that's when I write, that's when I map out 
new projects. That's when I just lie on my floor and I think about things and I feel into things or I'll read up on something. Those are research days. I wish my whole life, really, I wish my whole life was that. What I'm trying to do is peel off another day for just deep work and flow. So here's my ideal. This is where we're going. The ideal is I have one batch day a week where I'm responding to and approving things. And then I have three deep work days a week where I'm just making, making, making. And then I have just one pure flow. I do whatever I want to do that day. I mean, really, really, I do whatever I want to do every day because I'm choosing to live in choice, choose to live in choice. Yeah. So I hope that's helpful. That's what works for me. Harness the flow, harness the flow, support the flow. That's how to be a creative grown up. Yeah. Flow loves a container. Hey, can I take a minute to tell you what I've been working on? Something deeply beautiful and inclusive and pointed towards our positively creative power. Creative power can be negative, but I want us to harness our attention towards doing something positive and life-affirming for ourselves and all sentient beings. How's that sound? How's that for a membership program? It's called Heart Centered. Here's what I would love for you to do. If you had to daniellelaporte.com slash heart centered one word you can sign up to be notified as we start to roll things out in january that's when we officially register and in february that's when we all officially commence think of reflective living transmuting anxiety uh, deeper compassion for yourself that you extend to other people yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful, and I'm going to give you every practice that I have ever practiced, every spiritual form of balm and elixir that I have ever consumed. I'm putting it all together for you. DanielleLaporte.com slash heart-centered. Together. Here's the thing about flow. Flow stirs up your shit. Yeah, I mean, you just think about motion within a body of water and too much motion, too much flow can agitate the bedrock of things. Uh, But flow is the opposite of control. And so many of us have designed our lives and stitched our psyches together in a way that It's all about staying in control. You know, so many metrics, the Fitbits and the schedulers and the due dates and the deadlines and the finish lines and everything we want to hack and crush and disrupt, yeah? Flow is actually counterculture to all those things that are currently keeping our culture ticking along in this really addictive, obsessive way. And so when we have those moments, when we make those choices, to be in the flow, to respond to the flow, we can feel out of balance. It can be upsetting and dizzying, can make us feel like we're off kilter until we learn that flow is actually 
our natural state, I really want you to hear this, flow is actually our most empowered way of being. It's not this woo-woo, overly feminine, weak, hyper new age way of being. It's actually where the clarity is. Ironically, divinely, it's where the directionality can be. It's where all the hints from the divine are resting. Flow is where we move into a state of cohesion, where all aspects of our nervous system are in alignment. Yeah. But if that is not our common way of being, if that is not, if flow is not our regular practice and our intention, then it's going to be disruptive. And my, oh, my sweet counsel is just be with the dizziness. You know, take as much flow a day that you can. It's like taking in oxygen, right? Sometimes too much at the wrong time, you get, you get that buzz, you get that high until your lungs expand. So the more you practice trusting and having the faith of the cues of listening to the stillness, of following your heart, the more you practice that, the more you're going to expand and be able to make your life your entire life, a container for the flow. So if flow stirs up your shit, guess what? Ego fucks up your flow. When you care too much about how you look, of course, we're all going to care about how we look. We have, we have personas that help us navigate through the world. We have personalities that are the tracks, are the rails of our spirit, all essential to being human. But if we care too much about how we look, if we are glorifying our glory days, if we are trying to impress the fuck out of everybody else, if our content is overly curated because we overly care about what everybody else thinks, then we are stepping right out of the flow. That is a no to the flow. We're worried too much about the market. If you are obsessed about comparison, no flow. Overly competitive, no flow. Less creative. You got to kill your gimmicks. You have to be willing to evolve in public. The ego doesn't like to evolve, for one. It likes to stay fixed. It loves to be right. And it certainly doesn't want to grow, expand, look less than, look behind uh, the competition. The ego does not like anyone to think that it has things to learn. <laughs> so the opposite of the egoic move is to grow in front of everybody else, to admit when you're wrong, to admit that you are changing, to declare that you were that and now you are this. You were small then and now you are expanded. You were constricted. You were less loving. You were less gentle. You were full of fear. And now, flow. Now, so much more time for people. Now, so much more gentle. Now, so much more inclusive. So much more space for both modesty and the degree of your magnificence. Yeah, that, that expansiveness that includes 
your gentleness and everybody else. That includes your shadow and your light. That is large. That is flow. That's an ocean of being. And the ego in that has its rightful place. It's small and it gets carried along by the greater you, by the flow. Honor the ebb in between the flow. I grew up on a farm. I think I've mentioned this before in another episode. And there were times where we burned the fields and we let the land be fallow. That's part of the flow of creation that is regenerative farming. You know, we're in a society that is obsessed with producing. So I hear this so often when I do a speaking gig. Writer's block, I'm stuck. Should I take a sabbatical? No ideas are coming to me. I'm not feeling passionate. Listen, we're not built to be in a constant state of passion. You cannot be perpetually engulfed in the flames of creativity and of making. You will burn out. You will fry your adrenals. You will come, it'll all come crashing down. Ebb and flow, yin and yang, summer and winter, right? Fixed and moving. When the ideas aren't there, just know you are resting. Rest is part of creativity. Fallow is part of blossoming. Ebb is part of moving into the flow. The body longs for flow. I think the body knows before the mind does. You could argue this. In fact, I've, I've been in this, um, in this debate a number of times. People say, no, you know, the first impulse is registered by the brain. No. <laughs> I mean, lots of evidence on both sides. It's, it's, here's what I'm down with. You have a feeling, and that feeling registers in your spirit, in your psyche, in your consciousness, in your heart center before that feeling registers in the brain. So you see someone you're attracted to, first you have the feeling, that feeling is registered in the brain, you have a thought based on what has just been registered in your brain. Something, a threatening animal comes across your path, you have a feeling response to it, that feeling from your heart sends a signal to your brain, your brain will tell you to run, to flee, play dead, right? So the body knows before the brain does. You have to be in your body to carry out higher creativity. You have to be in your body to access grace, embodied flow. How do you embody the flow? You breathe. You do what we did at the beginning. You focus on your heart center. You breathe fully into your lungs. Breathe from your heart. Breath returns you to life. Breath returns you to clarity. Breath is you being present with the flow. Breath is a dance of life. Flow only moves forward. All right, here's some truths for you. We're all going to die. 
we are going to fail. We are going to be heartbroken. So we may as well just go for it. (laughs) We may as well just face forward. We have a policy on Team D about facing forward. It's actually one of our core operating values. So if you've been on the team and whether we had to ask you to move on or you moved on on your own volition because you didn't like it here or it was just natural order of things, once that decision has been made, the team processes it very quickly and we don't talk shit about anybody who's moved on because not just because we're kind and loving, but it's actually, we're not even that evolved and righteous. It's just because we have better things to do than talk about shit that happened in the past. Flow only moves forward. It's like this beautiful shaman once said to me, we bend so that we do not break and we point forward. Yeah. So if you want to be in tune with life, if you want to hear the signals that the infinite is giving you, you are facing the future. You are not facing the past. And besides, the past is only as relevant as we make it. Leaders know how to ride the flow. So we are all teaching all of the time. The question is, what are you teaching? So Your job as a teacher, as a leader, is to be attuning into what's really happening in the culture, in the market, in your community, in the family, on your team. It is your job to be sensitive enough, aware enough, mindful enough to feel what's emerging in the workplace, in the home space, and then to trust what it is that you see coming forward, to trust what you hear, to trust what you sense, and then to have the courage to ask for the people that you are leading to trust in you, to trust in your vision. So if you want to be a leader, you have to have a practice, multiple practices in your life that are helping you to tap into and be in the flow. Breath, stillness, contemplation, embodiment exercises prayer, engaged listening. The flow is generous. So here are the flow killers. Metrics, obsessive goal setting, hacking, setting out to be disruptive for the sake of being disruptive, because disruptive can be so divisive. Here's the thing about disruptive being the primary intention creates a lot of competition that doesn't need to be there. Disruptive for the sake of disruptive often has us forget to honor what's working and to bring those things forward in our industry and integrate them into our future vision. So much about what has been done in the past has worked. So much of what we're doing now is positive, is useful, is something we should be building on. That intention to just hack and disrupt shit, oh God, it can be such a flow killer. Yeah. This is what fosters flow. Inclusivity. Looking around you to attend to and attune to the needs of everyone that you serve. 
looking even further to see who it is that you can be serving with what you're making. The flow is fostered by love, by inclusiveness. And when we step into the flow, when we intentionally are tapping the life force, the divine feminine, living and leading from our hearts, then our visions of our so-called success will naturally include other people. So your bucket list is going to take into consideration your neighbors and the environment. Everything that you want to manifest, that you want to make in the world, is going to be woven to other people's happiness. Your happiness, your ease, your joy, your fulfillment, your prosperity, your love, your orgasms, your wealth, your wellness is all going to be inextricably connected to all that goodness for other people. You are going to ask life to fulfill your desires for your own fulfillment and so that your expansion can help you be of more service to other people. That's the flow. The flow is generous. It's constantly generating, constantly creating. Everybody right now, turn your attention to Mother Earth, to the earth, to the soil, to the waters, the oceans, the lakes, the rivers, the streams, the wells, the drinking water, to the fire that warms us, that helps our digestion, to the air, to the sky that we breathe, that keeps us alive, all creatures, all living elements on the earth. Mother Earth, the divine feminine principle embodied as this planet. Always giving, always feeding, nourishing, the soil regenerating, the water purifying, the water flowing, the water hydrating us, the fire warming us, the sun heating us, growing us, blossoming us, the air expanding us, vivifying us, bringing all to life constantly. In spite of how we have resisted, how we have betrayed, how we have exploited, how we have neglected, how we have taken her for granted, constantly giving green, alive, pranic life force vibrating. That's flow. The mother is constantly giving. We can tap into that. We can be ever-generating love, radiance, beauty, wisdom, truth, joy, balance, and harmony. Flow is generous. Flow is generative. Flow is love. Flow is who we are when we are united with our soul, when we are intentionally giving our lives to higher principles. So let me bring this back to the everyday. Make from your heart whatever it is that you are making and you are making all the time. Make what you are longing for and then extend that to the world generously. That's the flow of the flow.
Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word. You can find me here in a new episode every Thursday and every Sunday with love. <laughs>